All right, returning to the program, as we, we advertised a couple weeks back, is uh, my fellow Eclipse chaser, Jerry Rose. Welcome back to Radio Parallax, Jerry. Well, good day. <laughs> we should remind people that uh, on the 20th, you and I went up to Reading to see the annular eclipse, which I guess marks the third time you and I have gone hunting eclipses. That is the third time we've joined uh, together, and it was my wife's first uh, experience. She was a little... Uh, uh, doubtful at first, but she is now a convert, a true convert. <laughs> All right. Well, that means Australia in November, I guess, then, eh? Well, we're working on it. All right. We should point out that, yes, uh, the annular eclipse was kind of a cool thing. Uh, and, and so was the transit of Venus this this last Tuesday. Yes, very much so. I uh, did watch that on the, uh, the Exploratorium site. I uh, didn't have enough setup here at home to really view it live myself, but it was quite spectacular. Once in a life. Yes, it's amazing that little dot, smaller than uh, many sunspots, is our, our twin planet, uh, almost exactly the same dimensions as the Earth. Uh, not not spectacular like an eclipse, but but pretty darn cool. All of these events, they really, um, you know, for me, they really, uh, they, they give us a sense, at least for a moment, of kind of where, where we are in the, well, maybe not the universe, but at least our own little solar system here. They kind of Stopping your tracks for a bit, especially when you see a, a shadow um, or Numbra crossing the path, it'll, uh, for me anyway, it certainly uh, kind of makes you appreciate where we are. Well, you and I were lucky. We should remind people that we met back in 1994. We found ourselves by accident in the same travel agent's office, and she said, well, you, <laughs> I came and she said, well, this fellow lives in Sacramento, and it turned out we were going to live three miles apart, but... Uh, we got we got enlisted in an expedition down there to go out and look at the center line in Bolivia up in the up in the up in the the high mountains, and that one was so unique because um, you could see volcanoes off in Chile across the border like 50 miles away, and when the when the, when the moon's shadow was roaring at us, those for a while disappeared before 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 we were in eclipse the the, the volcanoes disappeared. Yes, that was. Uh... That one, that early morning one, we got there. I remember it was freezing cold. Uh, we were very high up in the Altiplano. And as the sun came up, the snow-capped volcanoes became visible. And uh, within maybe an hour after the sunrise, when the eclipse started, the uh, snow-capped volcanoes disappeared again. Yes. It was quite amazing. That one was, because of the, the duration, uh, that really was an event. Uh, not only the the eclipse itself, but also the, um, well, the, the fellow, the Bolivians there with uh, the flute music and uh, the Indian music. The jaguar eating the sun god, wasn't it? I, I don't remember which god was eating who, but yeah, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds about right. <laughs> it was really an experience. They they're, all are. They are. They're all so different because they're all in such different parts of the world. They're all different times of day. They're all different, a uh, 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 solar atmosphere when the, when the moon does cover it up. So each one is quite a unique event. And we should put a plug in for people that um, you should see these things. And the next one in America will be in 2117, which is now only five years away. And that, you may want to go up to eastern Oregon or Idaho where the air will be nice and dry and clear to, to try and check out that one. Yes, been uh, scoping that out myself already. <laughs> yeah, people ask, well, why on earth... You know, would you go to view an eclipse? Well, it's uh, the eclipse itself. Once you've seen one, you you, you are hooked. But also, it's a uh, it's a heck of a good excuse to travel to faraway places you probably would never go. 
Yes, indeed. And even yeah. with the, even with this annular on the twentieth, mm-hmm. we didn't we never got the the moon completely covering the sun, but you got to see a lot of the curious effects, like through the uh, through the branches of the tree. Which unfortunately, yeah. you and I, I did, we did not see this in Reading, but people here in Sacramento and in Davis, uh, in the area, you could see little crescents un- under the um, the branches of the tree. And and get sort of a swimming weird effect of light, which which happens when there's when it's not a disc in the sky anymore. It's just a, a thin little uh, sliver of, of light. Yeah, my neighbors, their uh, their front door faces to the uh, to the west. And uh, when I got home, they they said, "Well, why did you go all the way to Reading? We had it coming right through our front door, <laughs> through the screen door. It had that effect. They seen the crescent on their living room floor." Very cool stuff, and uh, yeah. I do. I want to thank you for your foresight back. And after we saw the one in Bolivia, we said, "Let's go see another one." We went to Turkey in 1999. You brought a video camera, recorded the whole thing, and and that was a good move, my friend, because I've been able to enjoy that eclipse uh, uh, again and again. Amateurs, it may be, is is a memorable piece of uh, film. I got to get it digitalized at some point, but it, uh, yes, that was that was very remarkable. Um, that again, another unique one. We were. Trying to position ourselves out there in the middle of nowhere with that, uh, what were they, farming wheat or something, I think. A yeah. Family out working the field. Yeah. Yeah, we and just more or less went out in their property. We didn't even know who to ask and just threw a tent up. And when the farmer showed up, I just did the best I could to say, uh, good evening, good day, sir. And we hope you don't mind if we borrow your land. And he, we, I couldn't speak, we couldn't speak Turkish. He couldn't speak English, but he seemed to be okay with it. They seemed to be just fine with it. And uh, they knew what was going on. There'd been enough publicity locally that something was happening, even though we were felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. They they knew what the uh, what the deal was. Well, doggone it! Are are you? Uh, I'm going to Australia in November. Uh, it'll be on the 14th of November of the of this fall. And you, you think you can make it? Well, like I say, we're working on it. You know, okay. I, I uh, got Debbie, my wife, and a little uh, tempted here with the annular, and uh, we'll see. I certainly would like to. All right. Well, we'll, yeah. well I'll keep I'll keep pressuring you. So I hope we can. I know. It can... ain't going to take much for me. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> and we should also point out you you've appeared on this show once before to talk about eclipses and once before to talk about a rather unique thing took place in your life. Uh, oh, that yeah. uh, you you were in Candlestick Park one uh, one fateful day when Barry Bonds was trying to break the record, and of course the whole nation's media was focusing on on this, and he smacks a ball. Flies out to the outfield, and you happen to be right in its path. I was in the path of the ball as well. Yes, it was. It was an eclipse of sort. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, looking in towards home. The ball kept getting bigger and bigger, and I remember from little league that when the ball starts looking like a beach ball, it's going to hit you in the face, or you got to catch it. So, <laughs> and uh, yes, it was AT and T Park, and it was the seventy first. That was quite the event. Yes. And where 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 are you with that? I guess that ball's in a safety deposit box somewhere, and I'm sure destined for the Baseball Hall of Fame one day. It is still uh, locked away, and actually a funny story associated with that. Some friends were back visiting the hall, and they do have a shrine there to uh, Mr. Bonds, even though he's not in the Hall of Fame, he, right. uh, since he does have the record. Right. Uh, they have a shrine there for him and his, uh, his feet. And uh, there's a little video there, and... You could only guess which home run is on don't, the video. Don't tell me. And it shows me uh, plain <laughs> and clearly backhanding that baseball at 421 feet. Outstanding. How else would I get in the Hall of Fame? Well, that, that's very cool. <laughs> I did not know that. So is there like a little missing stand somewhere where, the, where number 71 is conspicuously absent? Because, you know, people are going to want to see it. 
Oh, yeah, eventually. I've gotten calls, but uh, I'm just not in a rush. I can see that as retirement income supplement one of these, one of these days. One never knows. It's a good problem to have, as some people would say. That's for sure. All right, well, Jerry Rose, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and I think when you have some future adventures uh, catching baseballs or you know chasing eclipses, uh, let, let's bring you back. And, and hopefully hopefully we'll, next November, December, we'll be talking about what we saw down in, uh, in, in Australia. I hope the same. All right, Jerry. Good talking with you. We, we have to note with sadness the passing of Ray Bradbury, a, a man who is not a scientist but was certainly one of our great fantasy-slash-science-fiction writers. Ray Bradbury passed away at age 91 in Los Angeles this week. And I want to note that one of the, uh, one of the finest moments I've, I've ever had in, in doing radio was the time we went down to Los Angeles and interviewed Mr. Bradbury at his home. That interview is available on our website at radioparallax.com. There's probably still, still a few copies of it floating around in some old uh, KDVations. It was quite a memorable interview, and we're going to probably play it either next week or the week after on this program in memoriam to a great American writer. Said the AP in its obituary, Ray Bradbury anticipated iPods, interactive television, electronic surveillance, and live sensational media events, including televised police pursuits, and not necessarily as good things. The science fiction fantasy master spent his life conjuring such visions from his childhood dreams and Cold War fears, spinning tales of telepathic Martians, lovesick sea monsters, and in uncanny detail, the high-tech, book-burning future of Fahrenheit 451. All of them, in short stories, in the movie theater, and on the television screen, would fire the imaginations of generations of children and adults across the world. Years later, the sheer volume and quality of his work would surprise even him. Said Bradbury in the year 2000, I sometimes get up at night when I can't sleep and I walk down into my library and I open up one of my books and read a paragraph and say, my God, did I write that? Because it's still a surprise. On next week's program, we will re-air our interview with the great Ray Bradbury. But that's it for today's program. Our thanks to Jerry Rose, Tara Eschke, and doggone it, Ray Bradbury. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time. Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still. But he told us where we stand. And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear. Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a cellular jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space And this is how the message ran